mercy, look at how the time goes. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am John Allen and today I have with me the legend, the one and only Mr. Yon Yarda. Thank you. We call him uh, the heart of comedy in the city of Drummond. Oi, that's nice words. That's what you are though. That's what you are. You are you are the central figure for the stand-up scene in, in Drummond. Um, I was in Oslo just a couple of days ago okay. with uh, Steinar Doltvet yeah. and his show over there. Good. Uh, hello, Steinar. <laughs> and uh, everybody, so many people asked me about you, uh, telling me to tell you, yeah, different comedians that were there, different people in the okay. audience who know about comedy. And when they know that I'm from Drummond, they ask about you. Oi. So that says something about your... Uh, uh, that's surprising. That says something about the legend of Jon Yarda. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It uh, <laughs> makes me a bit uh, speechless. Nah, well, speechless is good sometimes, but you have to talk now. It's a, it's a podcast. So ah. Speechless doesn't work in a podcast. <laughs> Boy, it's man, John Allen. Okay, <laughs> well, let's, so talk. Smart. let's talk. <laughs> this, is, um, this is a special, um, special edition. We're sitting out on my porch. Now, uh, you guys know I've done episodes before on the front porch off of my studio with Snoopy. But this is on the back porch. We're catching the summer breeze. It's uh, 20, what was it? 28 degrees Celsius, which is about 82 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's too hot. Oh, yeah. It's too hot. Too much. Yeah. You know, this, uh, this is Norway. It's not supposed to be like this. We are not used to it, but it's very, very welcome when it happens. Yeah, I, I shouldn't complain. I told you earlier, I'm not one who complains about the weather. You know, I take it as it comes. Uh, and actually, it's pretty comfortable here. We got a good breeze. And so we have an outdoor studio today. Very nice. Very good weather. Sun. John Allen in good mood. Me in good mood. Well, I, I'm glad to have you here. You've, you've been over here. We've had coffee and uh, chit-chat one time, I think, in the last year since I've known you. And that's not enough. I know that's not enough. That's not, whose fault is it? I guess it's mine. I, <laughs> I'm, too, I'm, I'm too much jumping up and down. Now, we have things to do, don't we? We're busy, busy men. We're men of action. Yeah. We're active. A lot of energy. No, but you're, you're the kind of friend, Yonya. I, I, you know, I, I haven't been to your home yet. You've only been here once. But we do see each other on a regular basis in, the, in, the, in uh, relation to stand-up. Yes. And I have to say this on the air. I don't think I've ever said this on my podcast before, but you were the initial inspiration for me to start stand-up. Oi, that's do, you remember, do you remember how that happened? Do you remember the first time? Uh, at Union Scene? It was at Union Scene um, a little over a year ago. It was in March of 2019. Mm -hmm. And you had arranged a show, and there was a couple of people who were supposed to show up for open mic. Yes. And they dropped out. So you put a message out on Facebook asking, is there anybody out there who would like to step in? That's right. And I'm so crazy. I raised my hand um, and I stepped in. You stepped in and you were brave and uh, it, it worked. It worked. Did it work? Yeah, yeah. Are you being too kind? Nope. No, I, it, well, thank you for that. But I think it did work. It worked in the sense that it, 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 I broke the ice. Yes. The mysteriousness of stand-up was gone because now I had done it. Um, I had my wife there. I had a couple other American friends uh, who were there. So I remember I just made sure I acted as if I was speaking to them. I know I've made them laugh before. Yeah, yeah. So I focused on them and, and everything went fine. It's very, very important to get a good start. 
It is. Did, did you get a good start when you began with stand-up? I know. I got the worst start you ever could <laughs> dream about. <laughs> did they throw rotten tomatoes at you? Because uh, that's the worst start I can dream of, is if they not, start throwing food at me. Not the rotten tomatoes. I think, I think that, <laughs> they, they threw a cruel sticker. <laughs> well, those hurt. One those coin, coins, coins, Norwegian coins, they yes. hurt. Yes. That 25 kroner coin is a pretty big one. <laughs> I think they threw about 500 kroner at me. <laughs> Well, you got paid at least. To make me close my mouth. <laughs> well, you got paid at yeah, least. Yeah. Um, it's a long time ago. Really? Was it, a, was, it a rough, was it a rough time the first time you went on stage? Yeah, I was very nervous. And, Were you? Uh, yeah. And uh, it influenced on my performance. Yeah. So you got to have the nerves under control. Do you still get nervous all these years later? Uh, not nervous, but I got a lot of energy. I noticed that. Um, now, you in general, I think I've only seen you as the MC for the night, uh, confrontier, as it's called in Norwegian. Yes. Uh, but I see you get kind of work. You get you get a little. I don't know. I see the energy building up. You know, in a few minutes before the show starts, mm. and you know, you get a little bit bouncy in your feet and stuff. So that's that good kind of nervous energy that you're building up. Yeah, you you get to have something to to push you. No, no fear. Fear doesn't motivate you when you're up there. No. You fear, don't, fear just makes you do nothing. You don't worry about having a bad set or... No. No. And it, does that come with experience or is that just your way of breaking, breaking through that iron curtain that can fall when you're on stage to perform? Do you just throw fear out the window or is it just not there at all because you're so experienced? Difficult, That's a hard question. Maybe. Difficult to answer. Very black and white. Yes, I know. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a mix because uh, you got to you got to balance it because if if you get too if you get bound by the energy, then you then it stops. So you, you got to use it to move forwards. Yeah, you can't get so excited that you forget your material, and that's happened to me a couple yeah, times. Yeah. I, I get I'm not afraid when I'm up there, but I do get nervous i guess it's that nervous energy that positive kind of energy but sometimes i can get so hyper that i start to forget my material yes that's happened to me a couple of times i've seen that sometimes john allen but you're so controlled uh, besides so that don't nobody catch, notices they, they yeah. don't catch it maybe they just noticed that i had a little bit of a shorter set than i had normal because i forgot my material so i just wind it up and yeah. i'm finished a couple minutes early but you have your own uh, you call experience from uh, from uh, other scenes and uh, I think music and whatnot. A lot of that. Uh, I definitely, yeah, I use that. I use that uh, experience I've had on stage with music. I definitely use that in a, in a stand-up uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, during the years when uh, when I started for about uh, twenty years ago and more, it, it the context and the, the material was much simpler than today. Because the, I can imagine uh, today's uh, audience uh, knows a lot more. The artist knows a lot more, are more more well educated, and it, it, it things happens much faster. So, so to get the, the context and the references is a challenge. Do you think maybe the Norwegian audience has seen too much American comedy? Do you think they've seen too much of people like like uh, uh, you know D Dave Chappelle, uh, Eddie Murphy back in the day? Kevin Hart, so that maybe they're expecting that kind of comedy, but just with a Norwegian context. Mm. You know, that social commentary type yeah. of thing that we do in America. Mm. Some, um, some have surely seen it on Netflix and uh, 
Ja. Und, 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 <lacht> hey man, it's not it's not it's not his first language, but nee, I think nee. he's doing fine. Ja, ja, you guys ja. should hear me try to speak Norwegian. Good lord. What I tried to say was uh, you seen it on the from the streams, uh, streamed the uh, tapes and uh, yeah. on YouTube and all that and yeah. pe people re it's it's too much because you you can't uh, sort it out. And uh, Yeah, and I think a lot of garbage comedy is out among the public because of YouTube or just because of people filming. I personally, I don't know this. I don't know if this will, will cause any trouble in the in the rather small Norwegian community of of stand-up comics. But personally, I don't like it when I see people in the audience filming me. I don't like it. I'm not ready to be filmed. I'm so far this past year, I've just been trying out new material mm. and sometimes it works fantastic and I keep that material and I try to build on it, but sometimes my material doesn't work. You know, I'm new at stand up, and the material is definitely new. So when I look out and I see somebody filming it, it's like, I, I actually, I yeah, I don't I, like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's not right. I wouldn't want to sit and stare over a painter's shoulder. You're a painter also, by the way. Um, I wouldn't want to sit and stare over a painter's shoulder as they're painting no, no. that picture. I want to see it when it's finished. I want to allow them to make their mistake and maybe throw it away before they present it. But uh, back in the good old days, in the 90s, early 80s, if you, if you went to a concert and, and a ticket it was written, it's forbidden to film. Yeah. Filming not allowed. And, and people respected that. Yeah. But now they get almost offended. Everybody has got... Uh, smartphones i actually confronted somebody on um this past weekend on saturday yeah. in uh, in oslo um <laughs> a, lady, a lady i'm gonna give up part of my act here i guess some lady was filming me with her cell phone and i said please don't don't film me i don't want anybody to record what i'm doing uh i don't record you when you're in your bed i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> take away i don't record you yeah you know what i'm getting at i don't record you when you're in your bedroom making preparations for whatever you're going to do with your husband do I? so it, it got a good laugh uh -huh. and and she put her phone away so <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a smart way to handle it <laughs> sometimes i'm quick on my feet not always <laughs> okay now speaking of quick on your feet yep when you're when you're out there uh are you using Well, I don't know how 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 much of an effort because you've been in the game for a long time. How much of an effort do you make to update your material, or are you recirculating old? This might be an insulting question, but just talk about what you do as far. As, he's nodding his head. Yes, that was an insulting question. <laughs> but just just talk, <laughs> just talk about talk about your creating process. Yeah. How often do you come up with new material to present? Um. Do you try not, to do not, something new not, every time? Not too often. Okay. But uh, I'm writing new material all the time. Okay. And I'm using small bits of it. And, I see. And then I, I see the reaction, and then I make some changes, and then I write another one. And I used to tape it. Oh, really? To, to hear. Just to, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm a bit lazy, but when I'm working, I'm listening to, to the, the tapes, and I'm trying to... In a direction to I see. how to yeah. how to develop it. So you tape everything through your cell phone or whatever. Every time you're on stage, you're taping it. Mm. Yeah, I do that as well. Mm. And it's uh, 
it's a learning process because some of the things, I don't know, I get kind of in a fog sometimes. Tell me what you think of this. I get in a fog and I'm up there and I'm doing my routine and I'm having a good time, but it's internalized. I'm not really seeing or noticing too much of what the audience is doing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm very much in connection with them, especially if I'm talking to the audience, directly to an audience member. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just go in this zone and I'm just doing my material. And I walk away feeling as if it didn't work. But when I listen to my recording, people are laughing. Yeah. It's, it's a strange process. Yeah, I think you're, uh, you're in a kind of bubble. Because Absolutely. You're, because you're concentrated. And, uh, you're, I'm too new still. Yes. Yeah. You're delivering. So it's, it's not so easy to, to catch what, uh, all the reactions out there. Right. See, I need to get to that level of professionalism that you have. And, and guys like Bobek Namadi has. Um, you guys are out there and you're doing your material. And of course you have to be focused and remember your material, but you still have that connection where you can improvise with the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, I see, I see you do that every time you're the, the, uh, the MC, the confrontier, the MC, your, your, your interaction with the crowd is amazing. I've learned a lot from it already. <laughs> I have. But it's, it, to, to be an MC, it's, it's, it's a kind of, you've got the good t- sides and you've got the bad sides with it. Because What's the bad side of being an MC? You can be too comfortable and too lazy to develop the material because you know ah. you can talk to all the way without using material. <laughs> because, yeah? And you can save the material for another time because uh, it's the interaction with the public who, who makes, makes it go. Because in, in that conferencier, that MC gig is like a couple of minutes at a time, and then you get a long break, and then it's a couple of minutes at a time, and then another break. It's also a question of balance, Donald, because the, in my opinion, the MC sh- shall not be the star of the show. He shall lift the other one so that she can shine. That's a good point. So it, it demands a certain amount of, of humility, a certain amount of being humble and putting the ego aside because yeah i guess i never thought about that the mc is not the star of the show some mcs are the stars of the show and, but uh, and well it, maybe that's a bad lineup then it might work but uh, <laughs> in, in my world uh, i want to competitive with the other one i, I see lift them i see so, but it's it's a question of balance balance yeah yeah say balance that's balance, better balance, yeah. <laughs> so but uh of course, I, I might forget myself sometimes and try to do things that really hits too. Well, well, you know, you, you, you even though you're the MC, you, you're still a stand-up comedian. And, and if you see, I would imagine you see the dynamic of the crowd. And if they're really responding to what you're saying, maybe you'll stretch that out, you know, for another couple of minutes before yeah. you present the next, uh, the next stand-up comic. It's human. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think... Uh, I don't think anyone could blame you for that. Like I said, you're still a stand-up comedian. Agreed. I, per, personally, I couldn't. I couldn't be an MC. I'm sure. I'm not sure. Maybe sometime in the future, if yeah. I want to stretch out and see what I'm capable of. But I think that's a hard job. I agree. But I think <laughs> in, in, in the future, when you get a lot more experience and a lot more th- things going, it, it might work. It's it it's there. The, 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 it's it's there in my future, I think, but uh, it's far away yeah. <laughs> in my future. <laughs> talk, talk about. We're going to come back and talk about a lot of other things, but talk about the the stand up show coming up tomorrow. Where is it? What time? And what's the significance of it? Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, it's tomorrow. It's uh, eight o'clock, and it's at uh, Union uh, Comfort Hotel. Yeah. Union Brigge. 
Union, what would that be? Union Dock. Yes. Union Dock, Just yeah. beside Union Scene. Yeah. Beautiful uh, location. I, I love Union. It's, a, it's in the backyard? Yeah, it's right in the uh, courtyard. In the courtyard. Courtyard, yeah. okay, courtyard, courtyard. And it's a very nice uh, area. It's, uh, it's beautiful there. We're expecting good weather. Um, the last time we had a show there was summer 2019, last summer. And that was St. Khan. We tested out his uh, solo show there. And that's the last that's right. Yes, I missed th- I missed that show. I that's didn't make it to that one, but yeah, I remember. That's the last time we had sign up there. Okay. But this time it's a uh, it's a uh, good lineup. It's uh, Bobek, Bobek Namadi. Yes. Yes. It's uh, Don Arilikelarsen. Yeah. Uh, funny fellow. Funny fellow. And it's uh, Frode Simonsen. Yes, our Mjøndalen brother. Mjøndalen brother, the the one who loves drumming. <laughs> He has to sign in. Frode, uh, make sure you sign in before you cross the border into Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, I mentioned John Allen. Who's that guy? And that's, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't uh, we, we'll find out. He's we'll a, find out who that guy is. Weird one. <laughs> he's, a, he's a stranger. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let me think. That's what, five of us? Four? Was it four? What did we say Frode, Don, Licky Larson. Yeah. Uh, Babek. Yeah. Me? Yes. That's four. Oh, yeah. And our friend right down the street here. Um, yes. We, we, it, it's two guest stars. It's uh, Arne Funny Funnebe. Arne Funny Bone Funnebe. And uh, Alexander Bastiansen. Is he from... He, his brother lives in Drammen, I believe. But does he... He lives in Oslo, doesn't he? Yeah. Alexander or, lives in Oslo, but he's born... But he's born uh, here. Near German. Okay, yeah. So he's... So like, it's mostly local people. I think uh, Don uh, Lykke Larsen is from Bergen? Uh, no, no. He's from Åmot. Oh, is he? Oh, Oden. he's local too. Oden. Yeah. But he's living up in the... Up in the... Etnedalen in Valdres. But he's coming down together with Frode, who's on holiday up there. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a good gang. It's a good gang, and uh, I think it's uh, very, it's elastic. It's different people, different personalities, and different totally different personalities. Yeah. I've never heard Don uh, Lucky Larson. I haven't heard him yet, but I've heard everyone else who's going to be on that, uh, on that billing. And and we are different. None of us are similar. Anybody that shows up is going to get a good evening of comedy. Mm. Uh, totally different styles, and 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 you'll be entertained. It, it will be interesting the whole way through. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, huh. Although I don't think the, I don't think anybody would complain if they had like five Dave Chappelle's. That's not a bad thing. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also good that we are a mixed crew here. We are uh, people of vastly different styles. Vast. Actually, I think I'm the least experienced. I think everybody else is a veteran. That you mentioned, Lucky oh. Larson. He's been at it for a long time. No. No. Oh. Two, three years. I oh, think. that's two, three years longer than me. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> It's the, mo- it's the moment. It's the moment that counts. That's true. It's the moment that counts. You know, <clears throat> speaking of the moment, you know, how how do you deal? And I've talked with you about this before. Uh, one time when I had a, what I thought was a horrible set, and it really bothered me. I, I I don't think I did that well at all, and it just it 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 hurt me to my to my very core. Oi. Have you ever had a night of stand up where it just didn't work and you felt like you had to totally reevaluate what you were doing have you ever had that low of a moment in stand-up you talked about your first time was pretty yeah, bad yeah. Yes. i think um my, i think so many times before 
in the, back in the old days. It's, yeah. uh, when stand-up routines were, were in you in Norway in the 90s, it, and the audience didn't know what they got when they came, went, went to a show. And the, the, they almost didn't know what funny was yes. in that context. No, no, no. And, uh, and uh, most of the artists were unknown people. So, I see. And if you're an unknown one, it's much harder to get the respect of the audience. I think so. You have to prove yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's. E I think it's a bit easier if you got a name out there and people know you from some kind of. Well, along that line of thinking, do you think somebody like um, like uh, Ali Khan, someone who is known, um, do you think he? You think it's easier for him to get a laugh just because he has a name already? Sometimes, not yeah. always, because you you got to de deliver. deliver. You do have to deliver. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like the Rolling Stones. If they suck that night on stage, they suck. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they yeah. still have to perform. They still have to perform, and I think it's the it's the total energy of the the team, the Stones, that makes it work. Yeah. Because they're having fun on stage. Yeah. Fun living. At that age, how how old how old is Keith Richards now? He's in his late seventies, isn't he? Almost eighty. Seventy eight. Seventy eight, I think. Amazing. And I think, okay, everyone talks about Keith and that he's still alive and ha ha, that's so funny, he's still mm -hmm. alive. There's a lot of jokes about that. Yes. But I'm more impressed with Mick Jagger because, of course, it takes, it takes a little bit of energy and a little bit of strength for Keith Richards to stand there for hours at a time, yes. you know, for all these years and play guitar. But Keith, uh, but uh, Mick, Mick Jagger is dancing and jumping around and he's the front figure and stuff. And for him to still have that energy, at least up until recently, uh, it's amazing. What is that guy doing? I think he he's living a very uh, very well organized 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 life. Do you think, think he's? he's do you think it's just focus? Do you think it's just? He's focused and yeah. he's doing exercises. He's, uh, he's a healthy guy. Having uh, a personal trainer, I guess, and he's, yeah. he's uh, having a kind of regime about food and drinking. I think it's very healthy. His father was a scout leader. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think he got some uh, wisdom. He got a little discipline then from his from his father when it comes to health and all that, mm. or at least he had a good example. Mm. Yeah. So, and of course, he, he has seen a lot of his friends go down. By, uh, yeah, I tell you, if if I was if if I had a circle of friends around me and and up through the years, if a handful of them were dying from alcohol, yes, and, I think and that would motivate. Yeah, I think that would motivate me to. <laughs> I don't know. Not everybody can learn, though. <laughs> but I think I would have learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <clears throat> Listen to those kids playing. This is a beautiful summer day here. I don't know if that's coming through on the microphone, but there's kids here in the neighborhood playing. I think it's very, very nice. Yeah, I'm not. A, I was telling you before. You know this. I'm not a city person, but uh, but if I have to live in a city, living in this city is the best choice. It's very comfortable here, and relatively quiet. We're right smack in the middle of the city, and you can hear how quiet it is. Yes, it's yeah. very, very not quiet. F from the Rolling Stones to another British musical act, Rod Stewart. Yes. What? Yeah, yeah. Now, now he's sitting up straight with a smile on his face. Mm -hmm. What is what is your connection or what is your your um, appreciation of Rod Stewart? Where does that come from, and what's the story behind it? Uh, you talk about him in your stand-up act. Oh yeah, yes. I'm, or at least as an M MC, you do. I had yeah. uh, nearly forgotten that, but that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Rod Stewart. Uh, <coughs> he he found out what he wanted when he was very young, and uh, 
I think he he listened to a lot of the the, the American singers to name Otis Redding. Yeah, and, he uh, loved Otis Redding. Yes, uh, and uh, Sam Cooke. Yeah, the good old Sam Cooke. Yeah. Yes, yes, and he he learned to sing the soul and the rhythm and blues when he was very young. And the first records he made in the early sixties was terrible. Yeah, he was. Uh, it's like a kind of karaoke. Yeah, you're singing after the after the real. Now he was a solo artist at that time. Yeah, he hadn't been with the Faces or or yeah or the Jeff Beck group. No, mm. he was solo at that time. But I think his uh, his uh, his story uh, it's very very uh, it's it's worth listening to and it's worth uh, worth seeing. He's a man of passion. A man of a man who achieves his goals. He was a soccer or football star, as yeah. they say here in, in Europe, football, okay. soccer. Yeah. Um, did he go, did he go pro? He played pro. He tried, but I don't think he, he went so far. Okay. But, okay. Uh, when, when he was uh, still able to move around and, and play the ball, he, he was having his own teams. That's right. That's, that's the football connection, the soccer connection I was thinking of. And he's, uh, he's a Celtic fan. Yes, he is. Always yeah. uh, sitting on the on the good seats. Yeah, <laughs> I, you, when 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 you're Rod Stewart, you have money to sit uh, very, very to sit well. in those good seats. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I, I think he's uh, he's he's doing something for charity sometimes, especially in Glasgow, among the poor kids up there. So uh, that's I, right. He's Scottish, right? Yeah. His mother and father were Scottish. Scottish, yeah. So he was uh, living up in North London, and his father was having a kind of paper shop. I see. So you, so you, you have a few lines in your routine. Uh, at least as an MC, I've heard you say a few things about Rod Stewart. So that says something about your respect for, for the man, and 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 possibly for his music as well. Of course, yes. I have. A, I think I have a lot of his records. Maybe, uh, maybe all. And, uh, on vinyl. On a CD, I had ah. a vinyl before, but I threw the vinyl away. It I see. takes too much, much. Takes too much room. Room too much and space, it's yeah. too much dust too. Yeah, you know that is a du- yeah. Uh, every every once in a while, not very often, we do clean our house, <laughs> and it seems like most of the dust in the house is on my LP, my yes. vinyl vinyl collection. Yes. Yeah. You know, did you? Are you a Neil Young fan? Uh, I was uh, back in the day. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of this podcast. You're not you're not a current fan of Neil Young. Neil? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, I think Heart of Gold is a good song. Sure, absolutely. And uh, classic. I, I, I was a fan of Heart of Gold, but I think he he sings like a what do you call it? A non-singer. <laughs> he sings like. A, Seagull. He, sing, he sings better than Bob Dylan. You have to say that. You have to admit uh, that. But Bob Dylan's got his soul. Oh, come on. But Neil Young has soul. Young? Okay. But you know I, okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, but uh, Bob Dylan has got some very good lyrics. Okay. Now it's my turn to be unappreciative. I just, I just don't see. Okay. I, I will, I will acknowledge. I will acknowledge that Bob, that Bob Dylan is a legendary singer, yes. uh, songwriter, musician. Of course, of course. But I personally have never seen the magic that people speak of in his lyrics. I just haven't. I'm sorry. I think. Uh, it's, I think. Um, when you lived and produced so many records uh, t- during so many years as Bob Dylan, 
of course you got to make some really good stuff too among uh, sure among that uh, catalog but uh, he, he's he's done some really great songs uh, like uh, girl from the north country knocking on heaven's door whatever and uh, i think knocking on heaven's door you know what i i'm a musician as well but, I know. but i'm not i'm not i'm not that good but when i can play a song so easily and sing it so easily there's no magic in it for me mm. to me that knocking on heaven's door is such a basic song i don't see you know i, I guess i'm looking for more out of bob dylan I, he's never had any lyrics that have really grabbed me he's, there's no exceptional musicianship the musicianship mm -hmm. in his music is is very basic so i don't i don't know i, I just challenge people to tell me where's the magic what is it about okay i, th I think maybe <laughs> i'm being difficult yeah you're difficult uh, man <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I think some of the records made by Bob Dylan is uh, are great. Some of them are crap. crap I like Jimi Hendrix's live version of Bob Dylan's "Like a Rolling Stone" mm. that he did at the Monterey Pop Festival in '68. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Mm. Check no. that out on YouTube. Jimi Hendrix Monterey Pop Festival, 1968, performing um, Bob Dylan's "Like a Rolling Stone." Okay. Beautiful version. Okay. Uh, and for years, here's how little of knowledge that i used to have about bob dylan for years i thought that was Jimi hendrix's song <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but, it, but uh as we now know it's uh it was a cover of bob dylan's yeah. version i don't i'm sorry bob bob uh, I, i guess i lost any chance of getting bob dylan on my podcast <laughs> bob has uh, got a lot of been covered a lot of times by a lot of people he has been yeah um even by rob stewart by rob stewart rob really stewart. did he yeah, which yeah. song A girl from the North Country in of course, yes, 1974. Yeah. True, yes, that's Smiler. true. Yeah. That was a minor radio hit uh, in the States at that time. I remember, I can remember hearing that song when I was okay. a kid. Okay. Yeah. When you was a kid in 74? I was five years old in 1974. Oh. I remember all that music. Um, some of my earliest memories are of music. I had a very um, musical mother. She played piano and sang, <clears throat> and she was very much rooted in gospel music uh soul and r&b you know from that yes. time from the 60s and 70s yeah. so i grew up hearing that in my home and then on the other end i can remember my father playing um the rolling stones on the record player neil young um rod stewart you know th things like that i can remember him coming home from work And pulling into the garage, and we had one of those big old '70s vans, uh, you know, with the, you know, four seats in the back and yeah. all that stuff, with a big radio system. Well, for that time, it was a big radio system. And I can remember hearing him pulling into the garage and playing, um, you know, like Neil Young, "Heart of Gold," or Neil Young after the Gold Rush Wait. with the French horn. Yeah. I, can, I remember that from when I was just a little kid. So I had all all these different kinds of music. Did your father sing and play too? No, no. He just listened. He's he okay. he was very unmusical. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a decent musician. I'm a, I'm a I think I'm a good singer and all that stuff. But then you have the polar opposite, which is my older brother. He he is he loves to sing, but it's he has no, it's, it, he he has no, no voice. voice for it. No, no voice? he has no voice for it. <laughs> it's like a penguin trying to fly. It just doesn't work. <laughs> the equipment is there. He has a voice, but he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> I'm sorry, big brother. Poor brother. Why well. He's, he's far away. He can't uh, do anything about Maybe it. Maybe he's listening to this. He, he might be listening to this. <laughs> yes. So tomorrow, um, tomorrow at eight o'clock at Union Scene, 
I'm sorry, not Union Scene, Union uh, Comfort Hotel. Comfort in Hotel. In the courtyard. Yes. Weather permitting. I think the weather will permit. I think it's supposed to be beautiful tomorrow, just like today. Going to be a very hot evening. And what was that about the number of tickets? Is it, is it 50, 50 places we're allowed to sell? Yes. We put, uh, Unfortunately, put 50, just 50, 50 yeah. Yes. If it, it's possible to sell 200 under those rules. With, uh, with the corona uh, and all that? I don't think it's wisely. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, if, if it wasn't for... You know, we have to follow the guidelines that the government and the health officials yes. have put out for us. But if it wasn't for that, I bet you we could have at least 150, 200 people there. People are ready for some summertime activity. So I don't think we'll have a problem filling up those 50 places that are available. And 50 people is a good crowd. It's a That's a lot of laughter. Yeah, yeah. It's a good crowd. And then, then there's got space between. Yeah. And you shan't push people to decide together. Um. What else were we going to talk about? Well, you're an actor, actor, acting, acting, Mr. Hollywood, Mr. Hollywood, and Mom. action. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you. you have a background in uh, acting. Is it is it theater and TV or just? Uh, honestly, to be. Uh, I'm sorry, not TV, but but you know, film, film or theater or both. Uh, some. Uh, Theater when I was very young and yeah. uh, in the 90s, early 2000, some uh, sitcoms and some uh, sitcoms, yeah, and movies, from Hotel Caesar to to uh, NRK, Smur Ayet, Smur Ayet, and uh, <laughs> there we go. Now we got a lot of short films. So uh, mm -hmm. oh. I'm out there somewhere. What do you What do you prefer? Do you prefer theater? Do you prefer the television sitcoms or do you prefer film? Because it is different. Uh, it's very edgy to get the, the good challenges in uh, in films. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you go s the back way, the, the around and in, oh, yeah. in the back door, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of stuff out there in uh, in uh, in the what do you call it? in the shadows. Yeah, kind of underground. Underground things. under yeah. the radar. And uh, I done a lot of stuff under the radar for the most, and uh, I think that uh, it makes me comfort comfortable because it's it's uh, probably a good learning experience. It's very to do good it learning, and uh, and uh, when the right people see what you've done, it, uh, it things happens. So, how did you get through the door? How did you get started with your acting? It was there had to have been some some opportunity that that, arri yes. that arose, and can you I've, tell us about it? Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I think, back in the uh, in the uh, early seventies, uh, when I was living out in the country. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a kind of uh, amateur group, which we joined, and we I was the leader of it. So we we wrote some small uh, acts and performed it uh, around oh. at the hotels and uh, around. Really. The, so you guys were your own little improv group yes, who yes. wrote your own material yes. and then went out and performed it. Yes. Interesting. And um, once, uh, once we, we, we hired a kind of instructor to, to help us to, to make our skills better. Like an acting coach. Yes, and uh, the, the acting coach by that time was uh, Trygve. Um, Hoff. Trygve Hoff. Trygve Hoff. Yeah, he was a very, very respected uh, singer, songwriter, and acting teacher by okay. that time. Okay. And he 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 uh, he gave us a lot of help. Okay. And his son Stig Henrik Hoff has been a very well-known actor in in our time. Of course, yeah, I've heard that name. 
But uh, his father, Trygve, did believe in me and was a very, very good mentor. Now, was this, uh, was this comedic uh, films or was it more drama? What was the, what was was, the genre? It was a kind of, uh, it was a kind of uh, comedian, uh, small act for okay. the scene. Okay. Not film. Okay, just a little short film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, but that was, it's a long, long time ago. That's back, that's back when John Allen was a baby. That's back in 75, <laughs> 76, 77, yeah. I think. Well, that's when I was sitting there listening to my father play Neil Young after <laughs> the gold rush. Yeah. <laughs> that's what so, I was doing. So, but uh, I'm, I'm a, a dealer, when, when I saw the stand-up uh, movement take... Uh, Take, uh, start to get all action get, start and start to get action and uh, and race again in the early nineties. Yeah. Joined the the comedians in Oslo. I see. I was around in, in clubs. Well, people know who you are. Like I say, I, I'm in Oslo uh, the other night, and people people are asking about you. Oh, yeah, you're from Drammen. Oh, yeah, you know Yonyard. Yeah, tell him I said hi. <laughs> of course, I can't remember any of these people's no, names. No, 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 no. But but there were sev- several people. Um, yeah. Around my age and up over, people who would know, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a small world. It is. <laughs> Nor- Norway is is I don't know. It's fascinating. Uh, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it's kind of like showing how small Norway is. Uh, I'm doing that show in Oslo, and I run into one of my old students when I used to be a teacher here in Drummond, a little kid who was 12 years old at the time, and <laughs> she's she's 30 years old now. Uh, I think she says she's married and has a kid. And it's like, that's just, that's just crazy. You know, you, it, it, that you can run into somebody like that so far away from this environment here in Drummond, but, but Norway's just small like mm. that. And it's, I think it's very strange when you see small people grew up to be big people. Yeah, it's, it's just, I, and I recognized her right away, but it was very strange seeing her as a grown woman mm. when I remembered her as a 12-year-old kid. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very strange. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I look at my. Uh, I shouldn't say too much because I'm going to try and use this in my act tomorrow. But I look at my kids, and how every day they look older. Mm. You know, the other day I, I I I get up to go to the bathroom at five o'clock in the morning, and I'm wondering who's this strange black guy walking around in my house. And it was my son. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's life. <laughs> that's life. They do get older. Yeah. Oh, I miss the good old days, though, when, it, when things were so much simpler with them. Change a diaper, give them a bottle, and they're fine. And uh-huh. now they're, now they're uh, one's a teenager, the other's a pre-teenager, and all the trouble that comes with, uh, not trouble, I shouldn't say that, uh-huh. but all the challenges. It's new challenges as if children get older, it's new challenges. But it's new challenges for us yeah. as adults, as, oh. as we get older. Of course. Where do you see your comedy life going at the moment, uh, good question again. Plans, big plans, or anything, or what do you think about your comedic future? Oh, it's been uh, a very, very what do you call it when it's ups and downs. Yeah, ups, ups and downs. Yes, yeah, all the way. And uh, of course, you got a lot of experience. You have seen a lot of people. You've seen a lot of life, lived life. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm. I think I'll keep on a couple of years more. Yeah. At least, at I least, hope. At least, like I said, you're the heart and soul of the comedy scene in Drummond. So, so we, I, I personally don't know what I would do without your your guidance. One of the um, one of the things that makes me uh, work and go makes me running. Yeah, 
is that I met a lot of people around the, out there who's trying to close the doors. Oh. Because uh, they disrespect you or because they don't like your attitude or something. Oh. So I, I found out that if I, if I see people who's got a little, little flash of talent, I'll try to help them. Well, and, and that's why people love you. That's why I love you. I, I, I think I told you this very early on in our in our friendship about how I uh, appreciate, you know, like I say from the very beginning, uh, you were so uh, so accepting, and 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 uh, if I ask you for guidance, you give it uh, quite freely, and I think that that's important for new up and coming comics to have that mentor uh, figure. Uh, and that's what you are to me. See, I'm an American. I say these things. <laughs> Norwegians, maybe they don't say it. They may not vocalize it, those things, but I do. You know, you, you, uh, I look at you as a mentor. Okay. Well, uh, and uh, he's like, okay, stop. I, I think that's uh, very, very <laughs> generous uh, said, uh, but I, I, it's I, the truth. I, I like to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. And, and I don't think the comedy scene in Drummond would be what it is without you. It's uh, the comedy scene, it's, it's uh, kind of. Uh, it's a kind of dualistic. You, you oh, got, how so? You got the, the, the warm-hearted part of it and the cynical part of it. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. And, uh, well, which one is bigger? The warm-hearted part or the cynical part? I think they're melting together. You think that, <laughs> you think, <laughs> well, maybe that is why comedy is what it is, because it is a combination of, you know, it's a combination of optimism, you know, the way you want things to be, and realism. Yes. The way things are, and within that, you find comedy. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Isn't that isn't that true? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I talk all the time about how I use my my son's death, you know, from from his heroin overdose. I use that in my comedy routine, and yep. that right there is the juxtaposition, the joining of uh, the optimist in me and the realist. You know, taking mm. that piece of my life. As tragic as it is, as it is, but I think I see something in that tragedy that I can learn something from, and that's why I put it into my into act. my uh, into my act. Mm. It's uh, there's something therapeutic about that for me. Understand that? Yeah. It's very very heavy stuff, very very personal material, and uh, of course it uh, it gives a strong uh, what do you call it uh, expression. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's some heavy stuff. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's heavy material, um, and then the challenge is to try and uh, use it to heal, and then use it in my comedy act and make it funny. Yes. And yet, on the undersurface of the humor, there's a lesson. Hmm. I don't think that's wrong. I think that's okay to put something like that into comedy. Yeah, yeah. I see some people in the audience sometimes their eyes get this big; they can't believe I'm saying that. But I, I. I guess I say it for me. I guess I'm selfish in that moment, in that part of my. We're living in we're living in 2020, and uh, <laughs> I think people should uh, take that. I think they can handle it. Yes, I think they can handle it. It's 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 honest. It's honest material. Well, yeah. Thank you for that, but it, it has to be honest because I don't know anything else. All of my comedy is based on what I've seen myself and my own feelings and my own thoughts, as it is for you as well. Mm. I don't think you can get on stage and lie. Um, I had somebody tell me, in, in fact, it was after the very first show that I did yeah. and this Norwegian lady, uh, came up to me and she said, uh, your comedy is not the same as other black comedians, as other black American comedians. Okay. 
Um, and I asked her what she meant and she was a little bit embarrassed, but she ended up saying, well, you don't, your, your, your material isn't very ghetto. As she said, I said, well, if my material was ghetto, then it wouldn't be honest because I'm not from the ghetto. No, no. So you have to have that honest element. Uh Um, you can't get up there and fake it. You can't, I don't think comedians are actors. They're not up there acting. I think they are telling stories from their own life experience. Quite right. Yeah. It's very naked. It is. Oh, very, very naked. But you got to be fearless. Yeah. Fear kills the comedians. You can't fear. <laughs> um, there's my, there goes my son walking down the stairs. Okay. I think I'm going to do every, as, as long as the weather permits, I think I'm going to do every podcast episode out here. Yeah, good idea. That's this is comfortable. Yeah, very cozy. nice. Very nice, very cozy. And it's very warm here. Yeah, it's it's hot. I think we'd be boiling to death if I was in my if we were in my studio. I was, Too hot. I was thinking about the studio when I was uh, riding my bicycle down here. I thought, ah. oh, it's going to be a very very hot evening. Yeah, no, I. Uh, I hope John Allen's got some water. We're we're working on getting better better ventilation in there. Um, maybe a ceiling fan if it's quiet enough. Because I have to remember about my music. You know, I don't just do my podcast and I do music as well, so I can't have a fan that makes a lot of noise. So that's a bit of a struggle. Yeah, you were on the on the TV last week about the racism. Yes, I was on uh, Good Morning Norway. Yes. Wow, that was an experience. Very um, And the craziness of it all started um, before I even walked into the building. Um, yeah. It's uh, the the studio is there at Akerbrygge, right by the right by the the ocean there and also beautiful section and i hadn't been there in years in okay. yeah. i think the last time i was there was way back in 20 2004 maybe okay i just i'm not very in, i'm not in, in oslo very often so and i saw right away when i was walking through there that they changed a lot so i'm like oh my gosh i'm never gonna find it and then all of a sudden i hear in the distance a voice john allen john allen. and i and there was a security guard <laughs> waving me down. Yeah, I yeah. guess he had seen a picture of me from somewhere, and, I, and right away I felt important. Yeah, of course. So this security guard waves me in, and I go in, and I go into the green room, and I look through the window, and there are the two morning show hosts in there getting ready to start. To yeah, yeah. And it was just unreal. And then the next person I saw was that beautiful weather lady, Isabella... Um, Carlson? Carlson, I think, yes. Beautiful lady. I've had a crush on her <laughs> since I came <laughs> since I came to Norway in 2002. <laughs> and then to see her there. Yeah. Uh, and and she and she looked at me and she goes, "Oh, they do." You know, that, that's that's you. Uh, to say it in English. Yeah. And and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's me." And I said, "That's you." And then the producer came, came up to me and introduced herself. And I asked the producer, I said, how did Isabella Carlson know who I was? And she says, well, the whole crew has been talking about your ca- my, my case yes. for several days. Because it all started from that one podcast episode, uh, episode 28 of my podcast, where I was talking alone on the microphone about what's happening back home in the States. Mm-hmm. So they had been talking about And I just, right away, it just made me feel welcome it made me feel feel uh important and it's it's just a crazy experience to be able to speak from that platform yeah yeah. and know that the the entire country is is listening Mm. so um i'm quite fortunate i'm very humbled fantastic oh i'm very humbled by that experience and um 
it's kind of funny because when I do my stand-up, I, uh, it's like when I do my podcast and when I do my music, I just speak English. But otherwise, I speak Norwegian. But everyone in the stand-up yeah, yeah. area, none, most of them thought that I couldn't speak Norwegian. <laughs> so I got all of these messages already when I was on the train on the way home from that. Of, oh, I didn't know you spoke Norwegian. I'm like, yes. Uh -huh. Yet another aspect of the great John Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, many sides. That's no, good. I'm not so great, but oh. it was it was very it was very interesting though to be there. It was uh, it was quite the experience, and to be honest, I w I want to do that again. Of course, um, we'll see what happens. I don't want to say too much, but there might be some more opportunities like that coming up, uh, and I will be sure to let people know when yeah. it happens. That's yeah, cool. But what's next for you? When are you gonna do a When are you gonna do an hour long special, Yon? Oh, uh, we want to see Yon Yada uh, on stage alone for one hour. Yes, yes, yes. Now maybe in, it's it's plans for twenty twenty one, and it, it may, might be a kind of a warm up uh, in the autumn of twenty twenty. But it depends on the situation about uh, COVID nineteen and all this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I I'm working on things. Okay. I am. It's um, is it something that you would want to film and make available for people to download? It's not that it's not that expensive to do that, you know. Well, it might be an idea, of course, uh, if uh, the delivery is good enough and uh, yeah. I, feel, I feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable, I had set myself a rather high goal of by December of 2020, I wanted to have an hour's worth of material. But of course, now all that is out the window with this COVID thing and I haven't done anything for uh, almost four months. I saw you and uh, Bobek uh, at uh, the other side of at Biragenes. Uh, was it yes. before Christmas? Yes, when Bobek had his... That, yeah, that is actually... And it, that's very interesting because that was very early in my career. I mm. think I started in March. In fact, the second time I went on, uh, yeah. which was in the last days of March 2019, that's when Bobek asked me to open for him for his one hour special yes. and I was very humbled by that and I thank him to this day for that opportunity but that actually is the longest I've ever been on stage I think I did almost 20 min 25 minutes that oh, yeah. night. I guess so yes yeah almost 25 minutes you kept on that was fun though and yeah, yeah. it was strange because the crowd was such that it was that I was able to improvise probably at least 10-12 minutes of that it was all improv improvisation but that's because the crowd was so good yeah, yeah. when you have a good crowd like that and you see certain facial expressions or maybe they try to heckle you and they say something <laughs> and then you can I can't remember what they said one of uh, of course Bobek is uh, our uh, Iranian brother and he had a lot of family and friends also from Iran yes. who were out there. And somebody in the crowd, I can't remember exactly what they, they said something like, like say something black <laughs> or something like that. And I didn't respond directly to that. But what I, what I said was, and tell me if you remember this, Jan. Mm -hmm. I, said, uh, I said, who's running the lights here? Can you please turn down the lights? Because the glare from all that hair grease and gold change on these Iranian bastards is is, is too much. So that was my way to get back at, uh, and that was told that was totally off the cuff. And that's the kind of crowd I like. Yeah. yeah. When the crowd is like that, and also in Myeongdong with um, with uh, Khan, that was a crazy crowd. They were very drunk by the time I got up, and that's when I'm best when I can improvise like that. Of course. Because I, like I said, I I'm so new and I get so hyper that I start forgetting my material. 
But if there's an inter, interaction with the crowd, then I can improvise. Yes, it's much more d dynamic and also energy. Yeah, abs absolutely. And uh, I remember that evening up in Emiondal. Yeah, that was very, fun. Very funny evening. That was yeah. fun. It was a good crowd and it was, uh, yeah, the side alley was very, very great. That might be the most fun I ever had, actually, that night in Myondal. Yeah. Yeah. You, were, you were funny too. Oh, it thanks. It was a great lineup too. It was a very good okay. lineup. Everybody was good that night. Yeah. Everybody was good that night. But those, but again, that's a crowd. Those are crowds that, that have a little energy. Maybe they've been drinking a little bit more. But one of the worst nights I had, and this was terrible because I had been on um, on the radio with, um, with uh, oh, what's his name here locally on the radio? Uh, Kim. Kim uh, Holton. Kim Holton, yes. yes. I had been on the radio to promote a music thing I was doing with the fantastic Miss Ellen Egge. Mm. Ellen Egen, I'm sorry. And uh, in, in that interview, I also talked about, yes, and tonight I will be, uh, this was at uh, last summer at the uh, Kulturnacht. Yeah, Kulturnacht in Culture, the Culture Barn. Yeah, at the Gummy Barn. So I'm hyping this show and I'm telling everybody to come out. And we, we had a pretty full house that night. And Kim Holton was there and he sat right in the front row. Yes. And that is the worst night I ever had. Oi. Yes, right. I was tr I was trying new material. I couldn't remember anything, and nobody laughed. If this was a video podcast, people would see the look on my face. There were so many people sitting there like this okay. when I was doing my routine, and and there was just no feedback, just just nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, you don't remember, but I, I forgot do. it. Remember, because you were you were you were the MC, I'm and you had a fit of coughing. You started coughing, and you needed water. Mm -hmm. You remember that night, mm -hmm. and. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, so I, I, that's probably the worst. It was thing. a very, very hot evening. It was very hot. It was very like, hot. Like today. Like tonight. Like See, now, now you're making me feel like I'm going to bomb tomorrow like I did that night no, because no, of the no, stuff. No, 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 no. no, but it was very embarrassing because Kim Holton came and sat right in the front row and was ready, was expecting, okay, Give it to me, John Allen. Yes, yes. And I had nothing to give. It was a terrible, terrible <laughs> performance. Uh, I, I think you're a bit too, too humble because you wasn't so terrible. But I know. I, I well, know. I'm very, I'm very hard on myself. I know I am. I know, but uh, I think it's a, it's a very good uh, what you call way to do it because if if you're too if you're too you have to care. Yeah, you yes. have to care. You have to try to push yourself and, yes. and take it a step further. Yes. Yeah. You got to push. Yeah. That's uh, the, the way. That's the way to make development. Too. Well, yeah, you know, nobody wants to be the same comic today that they were a year ago. Everybody wants to have a progression. Yes. Everybody wants to have a progression. I guess that goes back to the question I asked you at the beginning: is how often do you renew your material? Because it did. I, I guess that's the challenge of being an MC. You know, you have these little two and three minute bits mm. before the next artist comes on. How do you keep that fresh for yourself? Of course, if an audience member has never seen you MC before, everything you say is new to them. Of course. But the challenge and, and what, what, what uh, inspires me is that someone like you who has been doing this for so long, you're still able to keep it fresh for yourself. That's very inspiring. If I didn't keep it fresh for myself... I had nothing to say. So the first audience member that you're trying to impress is yourself, right? Very good, good question. Very good question. Oh, I'm, so, I'm a good podcast host. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're a podcast star. <laughs> I, of course, if we, because if I'm going out feeling lousy, feeling like I'm just yeah. picking up some some old material from the band, 
tar back in my brain. Yeah. It, it won't uh, it won't work. You got to you got to you got to fill the material with with emotion and with uh, with uh, energy and, and vibes. And, uh, of course, you can cover over it sometimes. You can, yeah. But it's not it's not the best way. I would think that someone like yourself, who's been in this game for so long, um, you know, somebody who's new like myself, you know, there's most of the people who see me when I perform are seeing me for the first time. Mm. So it's all new to them. But mm. you've been in the game for a long time and some of these people may have seen you several times. And I would imagine that you feel a responsibility to not only keep it new for yourself, but to keep it new for these people who've been seeing you for you know, a decade or two, you know. And it's, uh, it's not comfortable if you're going to repeat yourself all the time. Yeah. So you've got to make fresh material, also well, for the public. Well, and, and there's no artist who paints the same picture every day, no. <laughs> you know. Some artists has paint uh, the same picture with a little, little twist sometimes. That's but true. Didn't Picasso do that? Or no, um, not Picasso, uh, um, Monet. Didn't Monet do that? He had several versions of... Yes, of the same picture. Even Munch, Munch as well. Munch did the same. Yeah, about scream. There's, but isn't there more than one scream? No, it's many screams. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's made several, several versions. How long have you been an artist? You paint. How long have you been doing that? Uh, since nineteen ninety-five, I guess. I worked as a copywriter in the advertising business in the 80s. Oh, really? And uh, uh, about 15 years. Okay. Wrote, wrote commercials for uh, companies. Really? But uh, in the mid, mid 90s, about 95, I uh, did a, a kind of change. So I, I found a more cultural uh, interest. So I, I, see. I started to draw and started to paint. I went on, on the art school. Now, now what you do mostly is paint, uh, right? You, or do you draw f also? Yeah, I draw a bit too. Okay. But uh, I, I paint now and then. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's kept going up. It's, it has kept being done so in the last 20 years. 20, 20 years? 22, 23 years. So what do you do with all these paintings? I see from time to time you make a posting on uh, social media. What do you do with them? Are you selling them? Or are you just are they stacking up in the attic somewhere? Uh, I, I, I tell my daughter that uh, you got to take care of these pictures because uh, it's going to be very, very, very expensive and it's, it's going to be a lot of money for you. <laughs> But you have to die first. Yes, but isn't that how it always is? Yes, yes, yes. Ah. But uh, sometimes uh, I have some exhibi exhibitions. Sometimes uh, do you? Okay. Around, and I, I can't say that I'm uh, I'm selling very much, but because a little, you're it, selling a little, probably because it's my own babies, and I I, oh. I won't uh, quit them. I see. So I, but uh, sometimes you you got to do it. Now, how does it work to set up an exhibition? Do you do all that yourself, or do you have someone who books you for an exhibition? How does that work? Uh, it's different ways to do it, but uh, in, in my case, I, I'm doing it myself. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, I can think, I, I think it's about, uh, it might go a year, it might go two years, okay. and then maybe we'll, we'll do something. I see. Not, not too often. Not too often. So you have a very relaxed relationship then with your painting. It's not like you're trying to to push it out on the public it's mostly just oh, for you a pastime for yourself yeah i got to feel comfortable and uh, feel that i got i got something to to tell yeah and 
in the periods when I'm doing a lot of stand-up and other things, I don't paint or draw at all because it's I'm not in the mood. I see. But uh, I, I got to concentrate and I got to stop the phones and I, I can't see too much, uh, what do you call, uh, too much visual uh, expressions. I got okay. to focus. Okay, so you can't have too much outside stimulation. No. You have to have that focus on yes, the painting. Uh, yes. What kind of mood do you have to be in to paint? And the reason, and the reason I ask is because when I look at your paintings, there's a certain kind of almost like a sad, melan melancholy darkness. And when I say darkness, I don't mean like dark as in evil. I mean mm. dark as in low-key, uh, sentimental, melancholy type of thing. Yeah. That's how I, as a fan of your painting, would interpret much of the work you do. Am I wrong? No, it uh, it makes me a bit uh, happy because uh, it's a kind of, uh, if you call it, uh, blues uh, attitude in it. Ah. Especially in the black and white drawings. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a kind of sad mood. I see. And uh, I don't know where it came from. But, uh, but it's there somewhere. It's there somewhere. Interesting. And, uh, and then... Uh, and it, it, it's, I think it's, it's about uh, being honest when you're doing things because it's, it's a, in, in our time, the 2020s, yeah. people see too much of everything, especially yeah. visual uh, expressions. But uh, if you, if you hit a, a nerve that's very personal and it's your own, they, they might uh, think, aha, I haven't seen that before. Interesting. So it's, it's about that. That's very well formulated. And you said it in English too. Surprising. And you said it in English yes, too. Surprising. <laughs> I, I learned. <laughs> you kept for about an hour now. About one hour, one, one hour, one minute, and thirty seconds. Okay. We've been talking now, okay. according to my mixer. Um, uh -huh. uh, so, so I'm, so I'm not that wrong. I'm not wrong at all. Then, in nope. my, in my description of that feeling or that mood that's in your paintings, oh. then. So. You can do you think that okay, mission accomplished? <laughs> People are understanding my painting. Do, do you need to be understood in your painting, or is this more for you? It's a combination, combination well, because uh, I, I want to prove that I'm able to do good stuff, yeah. And of course, if you're doing good stuff and nobody knows it, nobody sees it, it's not <laughs> true. Anything. That's true, yeah. I think about my music, I could, I could write the best song in the world, but if no one hears it, it's not the best song in so the world. You've got to get feedback. You have to get feedback, absolutely. And, uh, that's, I think uh, the most of the things uh, are, uh, are uh, happening about being seen, being heard, and being respected. Yeah. And uh, that's why we're doing these things. Um, a friend of mine, a musician friend of mine, told me that she thinks that stand-up comedy is the most difficult of all arts, um, at the same time as it is the most honest form of all arts. And, and what she was getting at was that the feedback that you get when you're doing stand-up is immediate. Mm. If you're funny, they're going to laugh. If you're not funny, they're not going to laugh. If you offend them, you're going to see it. If you make them think about something deep thinking, you're going to see that. So the feedback is immediate. It's, it's instant. Yes. Um, right. So of the art forms that you do, you've done acting, you, you're a painter, and you're a stand-up. Which one do you feel you're able to express yourself the most with? Acting, stand-up, 
or painting? I think, I think uh, the painting has uh, reached a kind of level, and uh, but it's a very few people who knows about it because uh, mm. I can't say that it's many people who's, who's putting me in, a, in that box. Uh, from reasons I, I don't know, but uh, I think I, I think as long as you're uh, having uh, the will to uh, develop yourself and to, to work on progress. You can uh, you can reach new skills, yeah. both in painting and and uh, acting, and also in uh, the stand-up bit. Stand -up Absolutely. Community. And uh, for my own uh, for my own um, uh, kind of self-respect, I have uh, the most to win to to gain a kind of career in the stand-up bit, because. Okay. Uh, that's what you think you you can be the most successful in. I can do it much better. Much be I see, <laughs> much I better. I see, yeah. Than I don't yeah. so far. But of course, uh, a lot of people that knew uh, <laughs> who I am in that uh, in that. Um, well, you're definitely definitely a pro, and you're definitely well respected. I, I like I said, I aspire to be as good at at at, at stand up comedy and as comfortable with stand up comedy as you are. When I see you up there, I'm like, that, that's me when I grow up. I want to be like that oh, yeah. when I go. I mean that, yeah. Um, that makes me a bit uh, touched. Yeah, well, well, uh, you know, it's my honest um, take thank on the you. way. Thank on the, you, uh, My, my thank pleasure. You. Thank it's you. my honest take on on uh, on you as a stand-up comedian. Oh, you look so incredibly comfortable. Um, in my time here in Norway, being a stand-up comic and seeing others, I don't see anybody who's as comfortable up there as, as you are. I haven't seen it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and... Um, and I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of guys do it, and 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 nobody's nobody's close, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, that touched my heart. That's the kind of guy I am. I touch hearts. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm very easy to touch. No, not not, not so easy. <laughs> you have your limits. <laughs> oh boy. Well, listen. Um, I want to thank you for coming here. You've been here before, but thank you for coming this time. To be on my podcast, it was fun. I must say, on my own behalf, thank you, Janelle. It was a very, very pleasure to be here, and uh, I hope I, I entertained the audience out there away. Uh, I, I think I think you have. I think uh, my listeners outside of Norway have gotten to hear some some interesting words from an interesting man, Mr. Yonjade, and I think also that uh, my Norwegian listeners, those who are fans of stand-up comedy and maybe some of the stand-up comics who do listen to my podcast have Oof. got to hear a side of you that they may have only gotten a glimpse of as they pass you in the halls of some stand-up club somewhere. And now they get to hear you talk and talk about things other than stand-up as well. So they've Oof. probably gotten to know you a little bit better as a person. Oof. Thank you. And maybe there's some rich person up in uh, Holman, Colin, and also who wants to buy some paintings. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, listen, Yonyada, thank you for doing this, and you are you are welcome here anytime, whether it's on the podcast or not. Thank you, John Allen. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast. I am your host, John Allen. If you want to send me any information, you want to ask me anything, you can do that at john at johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N at J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. John Allen, the Coming Home Podcast with the same John Allen. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Oh.
I'm coming home. Yes, I am. Yes, I'm coming home. I'm coming home.